This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Radio. Brilliant strike, short scamble, puts Crystal Palace in front from absolutely nothing. Driven in, and a wonderful strike by Dean Moxie. Dean Moxie does well to put it back into the danger area. This is Jermaine Easter, and that's a wonderful finish. Hello and welcome to Homestyle Radio. I'm not Chris Hambling, I'm Ben Nagel. Um, this is a very special edition of the radio show because Palace's season officially kicks off right about now, actually, in Basingstoke. Bizarre. And Chris Hambling's there at the camera. He's watching our boys start their campaign in, I'd say, probably the most difficult fashion. Uh, throughout the duration of the show, we'll be crossing live to Chris, who's in Kent, and he'll let us know what's happening and we'll keep you well informed of what's happening on the pitch in the match. Other than that, tonight's show, we'll have lots of your music requests as well as some clips of our favourite moments from last season. And with me tonight, I've got a young lad called Aaron. Some of you uh, have said that tonight is the takeover of the youngsters on Homestead Radio. Mr. Mitchell, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Ben, yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, now, I must ask your score prediction for tonight. How do you think the boys will get on? Well, judging by the team we've been discussing, I'm, I'm going to say a, a 2-1 win. Okay, and do you think it's uh, all about the three points, or is there a lot of other things we should take from the game? Team bonding well, I, and such? I just, I just think we should be giving uh, lesser known players more of a chance to see if they have what it takes because this season we're going to need every player we can get and hopefully it'll be nice to see some trialists get in mm, I agree now moving on to the pitch Chris hello we have you live hello am I, am, am I on live am I, am I, am I on the radio wow yeah, um, yes no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, sorry Ben I'm, yeah. um, Please do not I, 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 yeah it's all, it's all good down there actually uh, it's looking like kickoff's been delayed slightly uh, probably because of the hordes <laughs> of people here I mean, it's absolute right. teaming. I've got, I've got Joe with me. Joe, just shout hello. Hello. Now that's that's Joe's first ever uh, moment on the radio. So it was impressive. I think you'll agree. Um, we've spent the mm. last few minutes trying to pick pick the uh, pick who's actually starting. I'll be straight. I mean, basically, it looks like the likes of uh, Scannell and Ambrose are on the bench. Uh, looks like Zahar's starting. The big news, obviously, Morgan Gould is uh, looks like he's starting as well. Uh, we've seen uh, KG uh, shaping up to, to start as well. 
So, I mean, yeah, I'll try, and, uh, I'll try and get a definite team once they all come out. It's all a bit confusing. And I'm not sure who half the people are, to be quite honest. They're all, they all look a bit different. There was someone lying down, was there, Chris? There was, there was a lad lying down. That was Stuart O'Keefe. OK, it seems to be coming out onto the pitch now. Um, I don't know if, uh, well, I don't know where you want to go from here. But uh, for the moment, that's, that's all the information I have for you. I can, uh, we can hold on. I can give you a team, potentially. OK, what's the weather like, Chris? <laughs> it's nice. I had sunglasses on earlier, but there's, the sun typically is hiding behind the clouds. Oh, Ooh, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on. There's a uh, a tannoy. Uh, I can't understand the word. It's a typical uh, non-league <laughs> tannoy. radio. Where, where <laughs> basically you, you listen to the non-league tannoy, and all you hear is this sort of white That's noise. It's a proper <laughs> non-league yeah, tannoy. Really like so say that again. I don't think anyone said anything, I'll be honest, Chris. I think, I think Mikey was playing a bit of a jingle in there. I think he's oh, sorry. Playing, but... <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell I think you it what, was boys, an attempt at uh, humour. Give me, give me five minutes, and uh, and I'll give you a bell back, and we'll see where we are. How about that? That's sounds good. Or, okay, or, yeah. or not. Is that all right? Is that all right? Ooh. Sweet. I'll Ooh. meet you guys yeah, a little bit. Do. Okay, mate. See you in a bit. Bye. All right, here we go. Let's get some filler, then. Um, Aaron, who do you think we should start today? Who do you think we should start? I'm still, considering that the opposition we're playing, I'm still looking down the lines of giving the reserve players more of a chance. Obviously, we've they've kind of implemented that already with the likes of Ambrose and Scannell on the bench. And obviously, they're just there to come on and score a few goals if things go a bit wrong. Because let's face it, we don't want to mm. lose to Basingstoke. No offence to that club in any way. Mm, I think we've got a, got a better, quite a strong side. We don't want to have an embarrassing result. I mean, we've played Crawley the last few seasons and we've had some bad results there, draws yeah. and such, and we've we've lost to teams that we really shouldn't be. I remember, I think, last season against Dartford, we got a three-all draw. So I don't oh, think there's, we oh, haven't I had the best that. results pre-season in the past. Do you think we should be playing Yedinak and Murray or should we be keeping them for some of the bigger friendlies against Norwich? Um, the likes of Murray, I still do believe he's still nursing a no? slight injury. So I think that this is... The slightly more important players we should... No, no thoughts on that, Aaron? Yeah, the Nack Murray should be playing them? Yeah, he should be. Not. No, I'm joking. Um, I, I think Murray, he should he should stay out of the game for a little bit. He's still nursing a slight injury, so... I think we should kind of keep him on the bench and... Maybe bring him on slightly later. OK, that's fine. And Yedinak as well, I don't know if you... I can't really hear you, mate, I'll be honest, but Yedinak, did you say anything about him? Do you think we should be playing him straight away? Or is he... Actually, yeah. he might not be eligible. We, we had no, a slight technical sure. miss out there. Um, Yedinak, I'm not sure if he's uh, eligible to play. I don't believe he is. Uh, subject to a... No, I think it was... I think Yedinak's not what Gould is. I think that was the that was the news. And I saw on Twitter as well, Alex Winter might be getting a chance in the first squad as well, which is good. We That's need to get our youngsters youngsters around to go. We've got a good academy. We're famed for that academy. So I think yeah. uh, all the time we can get youngsters playing for the first team, it would be good. Gives them the experience so that when they're ready to finally step up to the plate, they kind of know what it's all about, despite being on a slightly lower stage. Mm, yeah, I completely agree. And we've got the likes of, uh, of Alex Winter and Ryan Innes, obviously, who's played for England as well. They're obviously mm. too young to be... Ryan Innes especially is too young to be getting into the first team now, but... Yeah, he's definitely one to watch for the future. Most definitely. Okay. Right, should we see if we can get Chris back on the phone, see if we've got any news? Because kickoff was meant to be one minute ago. Um, but as Chris said, I think we had a few few problems. The hordes of people have, have delayed the kickoff slightly. 
But we'll see. Mikey, can we see if we can get Chris back on the phone? Right, we're 45 seconds of filler until we can get Chris back on the phone. <laughs> I'm sure we can Any, do that. <laughs> anything else to say, Aaron? Um, not much. In, not much in particular. It's just that you know, pre season is um, a chance to build confidence for the players, and I think that's what we've really got to do. We can't suffer any defeats to the hands of lower clubs. Might expect mm. one or two against Norwich, but yeah, it's all about building confidence for the season, which I don't think we entirely did last. Yeah, I agree. For the, I mean, for the fans who are going there, they don't want to go to, all the way to Bays and Stoke and see us lose one or two now. No. Hello, Is that Chris. I can hear on the phone. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah, we. Uh, sorry about that earlier. We had a. Um, there was a minute silence earlier on, and so I had to get the hell off the phone. So sorry about that. Um, no. no worries. Uh, early team news: Veroni's uh, in goal. At the moment, it looks like Andrew Dorman is going to play right back. Um, interesting. Interesting one that. Uh, yes. I can't. Re- I'm not. I think it looks like Alex Winter and Morgan Gould playing centre back. We've right. got uh, K- KG Stuart O'Keefe in the middle. Calvin Andrews looking like he's lining up wide left. We've got Pinney and Zaha looking like they're up front. And I can't really see who it is out wide here on the right. Uh, no, sorry, Zaha on the right, and there's an unidentified person in the middle somewhere. Possibly <laughs> Ibra Sakaya. Mm. Okay, well let's talk about so Calvin Andrew. Go. That seems that seems to be a random choice, Calvin Andrew. It, it does indeed. Yeah. Um, well, he's, he's lining up as if to play left wing. Now we know Calvin's a, a battler, and and it might just be that tactic from the kick off. You know, where you hit it long uh, and hit the tall man out wide. Uh, that yeah. might be the tactic. Although that's <laughs> not happened. It's just gone back to Ferroni, uh, who's taken a long kick out. Um, I could give you uh, some sort of uh, commentary going here. Uh, it's a little bit tricky, but we're uh, we're very much on the ball going forward. But uh, I mean, typical blood and guts sort of uh, Bayes and Stoke side, really. Very, very uh, quickly pressing the team. Um, we look a small side, I have to say. Um, but Tormund's definitely a right back. I don't want to have a little comment on that. The centre backs as well. Two two people that have never played for Palace's first team. What are your thoughts on that, Chris? Um, well, Alex Winter, I rate very, very highly. Um, I think he's got a massive future in the game. I really do. But uh, but uh, Morgan Gould, he's the right size, put it that way. Uh, looks very, very confident early doors. Nice and close. Uh, very vocal. Um, so, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's an interesting line-up. Obviously, like you say, they've not played before. Uh, but that's what pre-season friendlies are all about, really. That is true. Mm, yeah, I think Just a today's quick definitely question, about uh, looking towards the future. Sorry, carry on. Quick, quick question in, Chris. Uh, who's the captain yep. of the side? a very good question. Let me see if I can spot an armband <laughs> for you. It's, uh, it's very professional. Um, I'm, I don't think there is one. There is not. <laughs> I, would I, can't, have I can't see an armband at the moment. It's, you know what? It could be back with Jules. I can't see his left arm. That's what I was going to say. That would be my, be my theory. It would probably be with Jules. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think today's um, game's definitely not about looking for the three points. It's all about the again? team bonding and working yeah, well together. Yeah, I've just been, I've just, sorry, I've just been told that Baroni is captain. Okay, <laughs> sorry, sorry, what did you say there, mate? I apologise. No, I was just saying that I don't think we should necessarily be looking for three points. I think today's definitely about the future and about what we can expect next season from a lot of young players coming up. So, yeah, enjoy yeah. the game. What I, what, I'd just like to say one last little thing. It's, yeah. I'd say I mean, we've definitely lined up 4 4 2 here. Calvin's definitely out on the left. What, okay. what's, what's actually um, perhaps a little bit different is the urgency already. The, the, the team looks very, very up for this. 
I've seen many a pre-season friendly. And pretty much when we were breaking forward now, very good chance for shot. Oh, goal! Who the hell scored? Who the hell scored? Right, there we go. We've got a, we've got a great, a good shrug. There's a, there's a lot of people in my way. Offside. Well, there you go. See, the, the drama of football's back, isn't it? It's a good sign to start with very early on. Right, yeah, boys, I'm trying to find out who that was. Okay. Uh, it's still nil-nil, Chris, idea, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It is still nil-nil, and I'll try and find out who had the, who had the shot a little bit later on for you. Okay. I'll probably go Is now. Let's go and lie down. Okay. Beat you in a bit. Cheers. Yeah. Nice one, guys. Bye. Bye. Right. Now, I must give you the contact details. We do want you to get in contact with us today. If you want to send us an email, that's radio at homestyle.net. You can also give us a call on 0208 123 1646, and that's a local rate, and that'll come out your bundle. You can contact us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash whole radio. Send us a message on there, and twitter.com forward slash whole radio as well. We need you to send in your uh, your song requests and give us calls as well. Just talk about the game, talk about anything Palace-related that we can help you out with. Um, we're going to go straight now on to the Mark Bright interview part one from last season. And now uh, get, we'll get back with Chris in a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to, to when you joined uh, Palace from Leicester, I think you, you started your, your career at Leek, Leek Town, I think it was. Okay. Went on to, to Port, Port Vale and, and then on to, uh, to Leicester. What was it that... That convinced you it was right to sort of move south to, to London and with Palace. Um, Steve Coppel. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't having a great I wasn't having a great time at um, Leicester. I'd broken into the team. I'd taken Gary Lineker's place because he'd he'd moved to Everton. I started yeah. quite yeah. well and then it faded for me. And the fans got onto me. And it's it's well documented. And the the, the, the manager really said I needed to leave basically. Um, Right. I had a few options of going to, I think it was Oldham. I spoke to Brian Horton, who was at Hull City at the time, and I didn't get a feel for that. And then I met Steve on the, I can I can remember it like it was yesterday, Watford Gap mm. Service Station on the M6, um, <laughs> walked in, saw him. Obviously, he hadn't finished playing very long, and it's sort of like, just I was still, I was I was in awe of him a little bit, and yeah. he, the first, he just shook me hand and he said, how are you doing? I said, yeah, I'm good, thank you. He goes, do you want a cup of tea? Um, and um, I just knew I I would say within a few minutes I just knew I thought if because I can remember Steve playing obviously if this guy thinks I'm that good then obviously he he, he knows he's he's, you know he's been a great player so I just yeah I just wanted and he said to me we're playing at Forest like in a couple of days come and have a look at the team play and see if you see yourself fitting in and I went to watch yeah. the team play because it was just up the road. Andy Andy Gray played up the front with Wrighty, and they were they played really well. And I just thought, well, where am I going to play? <clears throat> and when I spoke to him afterwards, he goes, No, I'm going to put Andy in midfield. And oh, yeah. um, and I said, because Andy was playing up front with Wrighty then, and um, and so that that kind of I just wanted to get out of Leicester because anyone who was there at the time will understand that. It was a really, you know, it was it was one of those one of those things in football that you make a move and it didn't work out, and yeah. I have no regrets, no regrets about going there because I learnt a lot. Um, I'd only been in professional football one year with Port Vale, um, mm. and uh, Gary Lineker was up front, and Alan Smith. We had people like Steve Linex, um, Andy Peake, very good player, Ian Banks, um, Kevin McDonald went on to to win loads of trophies at, at Liverpool, and Mark Wallington. We had a very very good team and. I enjoyed my time then. I learned things, and and, and yeah. in football you just learn that everything's just a process, and you 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 get better each year. You should get better, improve your knowledge and your skills, 
and I worked really hard. It didn't pay off there, but I, when I went to Palace, I think all the hard work what I put in at, at, um, at Leicester paid off. So, yeah, it was yeah. Within, 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 I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes of speaking to Steve, I thought, yes, I want to, I want to go and I want, I want to sort of um, to be part of it. But when I saw the team play, it excited me because, you know, I, I, he said to me, and this is, I, I mean, most of the things you'll hear have probably been seen in interviews or whatever. He said that I've got a kid from a kid from non-league playing up front. Mm. Yeah. He said, um, at that stage, imagine that Wright hadn't been in the club long. He only he only just got there a few months before me. That yeah. Steve said, he's, he's one of the most exciting players I've ever worked with. Now, Steve Coppel's played for England and played for Manchester United. So, <laughs> yeah. when, he, when he said that, I was thinking this he's going to be a really experienced player. And and he said he's from non-league. And he said, and to be honest, he said he's, he's, he's a little black kid and he needs some help on the pitch. And he said, and if yeah. you two hit it off, because of your names... And because of your colour, I think the press will have a field day. Yeah. And that's what Steve said at the, within, you know, the first hour of the conversation. It's amazing. So he, was, he, was, he was telling me the club and he was he was telling me, listen, I'm new to football. I've got lots to learn. And I'll, I'll learn as I go along, he said, but I want to be successful. And he's got like, you know, Ron who was backing him and, and, and was equally ambitious. He wanted to get the club in the top flight. And I was taking, he said to me, you're taking a step back to move forward too. And he said, you have to trust me on that. And, um... You know, obviously, you know, you, you know our relationship with Steve. That the, the, you know, the, the team of ninety, and everyone's quite strong in terms of the relationship with Steve. And you know, with Jeff having the illness that he had, it brought everyone together. And so, you know, it was it was yeah. a it was just a great part, great moment for me to move from Leicester to 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 play football and, and feel relaxed and not go out and feel tense because yeah. you're worried if you give the ball away, you're worried if you you know you you don't pass it well, you're worried if you don't score. And, and I was, it was a twenty, you know, a twenty-one when I went to Leicester, and you know, I was ready. I was ready for the next step, and maybe Leicester wasn't the right, right timing for me. But anyway, um, yeah, that's how it happened. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you, okay, you've spoken about you and Ian right up front, and obviously mm -hmm. to all the Palace fans, that seems to be the perfect combination. And what do you think were the factors that made you work so well together as a pair? Um, hard work. People, people just think it naturally happened. It didn't naturally happen. You know, we had a series of good coaches at the club. And, uh, you know, let, let me tell you, if, if I wasn't Mark Bright, I'd want to be Ian Wright. He, he could do everything I couldn't. And if you if you see Ian on the training ground, because don't forget, this guy came from non-league. He was, he, he was similar to me, except for I was a bit more polished, that was all, because I'd, I'd had a year with, with Port Vale and John Rudge worked extra time with me in the afternoons and everything. And then I went to Leicester where there was a coach called Dave Richardson who used to be the youth team coach. And he helped me in the afternoons. He, he kept youth team players behind to help me to, to I was trying to I was playing catch up with, with Lineker and Alan Smith. They were all better than me. So I was playing catch up. It was the same with with Wrighty. He, he had all the raw materials in training and he used to do overhead kits and everything. You know the one what Rooney scored? I can tell you now, any palace yeah. will tell you, Ian Wright used to do that all the time in training. He could score from any <laughs> and, and so what what we were trying to do as a team and as as as, as a strike partner, getting to take those skills onto the pitch, don't be afraid to do it on the big stage. But what Ian liked is just just um, the game sense of terms of being brought up and knowing where to hold, knowing where to pass, knowing where to run in the channel. You know, the instinctive thing you cannot teach, and he had that in abundance. What we tried to do is bring him up to speed and, and get him to, to work for the team. Um, yeah. So, Ian, Ian Evans, who was the first coach when I was there, he was fantastic in helping us work together, feeding off. He used to hit balls to me. I used to flick it right, used to get on the end of it. Or he hit balls to me, I used to chest it and right it come around the front. And listen, we used to talk, we used to room together and talk 
and have things like you know on the bed like I don't know a, a shoe, a training shoe, and this. And if you go here, you I need you there. And honestly, and that, that's I don't think the kids do that these days. And I think that's what's lacking that the things that we used to talk about all the time and watch football. We used to have the Channel Four football from um, from Italy. Ron knows used to yeah. have a connection and get it. We used to watch that on the coach, and we were consumed with great players and you know and, and movement and touch and you know so yeah. and, and the other thing we used to pride ourselves on is looking how cascarino and sharing and, and sharing went on and looking how um other players around the leagues went on and who was scoring and i wasn't and you know we, we kind of wanted to be the best so we worked really hard stan turner did a lot with us ian brentford did a little bit with us as well wally downs did yeah. a little bit when he was there so it was a combination of things you know steve Steve didn't too, kind of work too much on that. He, he worked on all this. He worked on little little bits within the team, and the coaches always set the team up, you know. But the the one thing he said, he pulled Ian and me in, and he just said, "Look, you put people under pressure, you know. You're very you're very intimidating, and Solarco is he'll get there. You've got to encourage him as opposed to destroy him because you're shouting at him all the time. And Eddie McGoldrick and and Phil Barber and that, you know, they, these people are your best friends. You've got to get them to cross thing cross the ball for you. And as you know that. Yeah. Right, he used to say to Solarco, if you put some crosses in today, I'll give you that tie-add on. And, and, and John used to just <laughs> easily bought. So, John was the same shoe size as Wright as well. So, John used to say, Righty, I like them brogues. Can I, can I, can I get the brogues off? And Wright said, if you create two girls, I'll give you the brogues. So, it was all that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, we worked hard yeah. on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's all good. Um, okay, then, Mark. <laughs> so. uh, in modern times, there seem to be a few true strike partnerships, such as yourself and Ian and Yes OS from Blackburn and so on and so on. In that sense, do you think the pressure on players to perform every week and the modern squads are rotated means an end really can see anything like working out for a club like Palace, another strike partnership developing? Um... I had, I had a, um, like a letter, a, a guy got in touch with me on Twitter and, and um, he just said, I'm doing something for college, a thesis and everything, and, you know, yeah. can I interview you about about something? And, I, you know, I try and, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying I'm the world's best, but I try every now and again, I respond to people and try and help them a little bit. And, and he said to me, why are there no strike partnerships now? And I said, that's something you should be writing for yourself. Because if you yeah. can see England play 4-3-3, the other day, and Darren Bent was down the middle, and then you had Wayne really to, sort of slightly left, and Ashley to the right, Ashley Young, and a lot of the foreign teams are playing like this now, and it was a question that I couldn't really give him an answer to, because if you go back to the days when, when I was around, and you'd say Russian, Russian Daglish, and you'd say Andy mm. Gray and Shaw, um, you'd yeah. say Wright and Bright, you'd say Shearer Sheringham, you'd say um, um, Sheringham Cascarino, and you could go through every team who would have a partnership, Dixon and Speedy and yeah. Chelsea, and it, that's how it worked. The game's become more 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 flexible. The game's changed as we know it. Um, I still like to see a partnership, and every now and again you, you kind of see it. But in general, people are rested. You play certain people for certain games. Um, you know, I in the 15, 14 years I played as a professional, I played one season every game. That was all I did. It. Excuse me. I played I played every game in one season of those 15. That there's yeah. 14, 15 years. So it's really difficult to do. You have to be fit. You have to be lucky with injuries. Um, you have to be lucky with form that the manager doesn't leave you out. But it's a question really I don't have an answer to. It's um, when you see a partnership that works and people, partly because partly because our names rhymed as well, 
and and yeah. I don't know, maybe because we're two black players, that people caught up, like caught onto it, and and sort of like not exploit is the right word, but you know, really gave us the the, the sort of like the platform that everybody goes, oh yeah, right and bright, yeah, right and bright. You have to know in, yeah, in this day and age of multimedia, of the internet, the, the the radio, the TV, all the online stuff. That you know, there's so much more media outlet now, so it's less intense on on certain certain teams. So before, when you've only yeah. got like one match a day or one live game at the weekend, you know, people watch that and they catch up with everything. Now, if you don't see the goals on a Saturday night, you can see them Monday morning or Sunday or you know. And it's um, I think that you know, it's, it's been diluted a little bit. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio.
Okay, that was Jerk It Out by the Caesars. And before that, we played you part one of our Mark Bright interview from last season. And the rest of that will be played out throughout the show. It's great, cracking stuff. If you do want your request read out on air, you can email radio at homesdale.net or you can write on the message boards or on Twitter or on Facebook. There are lots of, lots of ways to get in contact with us today. Now, I think you can just about hear him in the background. We've got our very own Chris Kamara at, at the Basingstoke match. I'm Hello, Chris. Jeff. Um, yeah, uh, basically, they've been a goal. It's scored by Wilf Zaha. Um, yeah. Scrappy bit of play in midfield. Uh, the then KG's class uh, took over. Played a lovely ball out wide. And I think it might even be Calvin Andrew who set uh, Zaha completely free. Uh, coming in on the right-hand side of the penalty area. Struck the ball across the keeper, low into the bottom left corner. Lovely strike. Uh, earlier, got disallowed goal was blatantly onside and was by Ibra Sakaja, by the way. Um, but, yeah, some, some really good goal. Um, playing very, very well. Um, yeah. <laughs> any questions? <laughs> yeah, any bad points? Sorry, say that again, mate. You got any bad points, or is it all good at the moment? Um, I mean, there's been a bit of a uh, bit of sloppy play. I mean, I think what's interesting is a lot of uh, people sw- swapping positions. Um, we had a brief spell where, uh, just just sort of on the break from a from a Beijing Stoke attack, we had um, Dorman was suddenly at left back and KG at right back. Boxy had gone further forward. I hesitate to use the words total football, but um, but people are definitely swapping about. Calvin comes inside, uh, Sakaja goes out wide. Um, but really, we're, we're playing very, very well. But I'd say the standout player so far is definitely KG. The man's uh, full of running, uh, classy passing, and he's, he's much more attacking. Even though it's mm. a lower position, he's much more of an attacking role than we saw last year. Yeah, uh, I wonder yeah, if that's and, Morgan and, Gould coming in. Uh, Gould is he's, uh, he's very much what you would kind of imagine, I'd say, as a um, uh, centre-back from, from the, sort of, uh, the subcontinent, if you like. He's uh, very, very powerful. Uh, seems to read the game pretty well. Uh, so a shot just gone wide from Basing State there, closest they've come. Um, but sorry, yeah, Gould, he, um, he, do- he doesn't seem to have uh, too bad a touch for a big man as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if you, I suppose it's, it's not that far from, from Anthony Gardner in style. A bit shorter. Um, so, yeah, not as tall as him, you're quite right. Sorry, I'm being mm. heckled. Um, but, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, very, very impressed uh, so yeah, far. Have... But there's only so much you can judge against this standard of opposition. They're not great. Plenty of endeavour, but, but we're very much on top. Uh, but like I said before, the, the determination's there for Palace from, from the moment. There's no, uh, no massive sort of uh, challenges going in or anything like that. No, you know, phone crunching challenges. But um, although Moxie very nearly did one then. But uh, it's yeah, it's just it's very, very <laughs> professional, very, very uh, organised. And like I say, it's quite hard to, to keep a, a, a hand on exactly where people are playing. Um, I, I, still a special mention as well for Ibris Tarja. He's, um, he's been the best of our attacking players, and I'm including Zaha in that. Zaha, apart from the goal, has not been great. Uh, but Ibra has been a, a constant threat and a, th- a thorn in their side. Um, okay. Yeah, I was going to very, very quickly... Uh, try and get Joe on to give his thoughts, if that's all right. Have you got any questions, Perfect, yeah. Joe? Before I, just, just ask him how he's found the game. Joe, Ben's going to ask you how you found the game so far. Here you go. Joe, how have you found the game Hello, so ben? far? Hello, Ben. Hello, have you found the game so far? Hello. Hello, can you hear me? No, nothing. No. Keep going. <laughs> no, we're still here. All right, I think we'll we'll go now. We'll uh, give us a <laughs> shout when you need us again. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no worries. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio.
I don't wanna bruise your ears or hurt you again. But I got backstabbed by a black cap when I needed a friend. Now I'm in town, break it down, thinking I'm making a new sound, playing a different show every night in front of a new crowd. That's you now. Hello, child. Seems the laugh is great now. See me lose focus as I sing to you loud, and I can't. No, I won't hush. I say the words that make you blush. I'm gonna sing this now. See, I'm true. My songs are where my heart is. I'm like glue. I stick to other artists. I'm not you. Now that will be disastrous. Let me sing and do my thing and move to greener pastures. See, I'm real. I do it all. It's all me. I'm not fake. Don't ever call me lazy. I won't stay put. Give it a chance to be free. Suffolk sadly seems to sort of suffocate me. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you at all. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you at all. You need me, man. Does he write his own tune? Does he write his own verse? We'll need another wordsmith to make the tune sell. Call yourself a singer, writer. You're just bluffing. Names on the credits, and you didn't write nothing. I sing. Fast, I know that all my shit's cool. I will blast, and I didn't go to Brit school. I came fast with the way I act right. I can't last if I'm smoking on the crack pipe. And I won't be a product of my genre. My mind will always be stronger than my songs are. Never believe the bullshit that fake guys feed to you. Always read the stories that you hear on Wikipedia. And musically, I'm demonstrating. Whatever form love feels like, I am meditating. Times at the Enterprise when some fella fill me. Young single writer like a Gary Ever chill me. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you at all. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you at all. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. I don't need you. You need me, man. On 0208 123 1646, or drop us an email radio at homestale.net. Homestale Radio. Pax 11 likes to listen whilst not smoking. Yes. No one smokes. Grizzle Chips. Tag Nabbit. Yeah. 
Wilson Cause I love summer, no Rachel Wilson Yes The winter will come, we just have parties inside, it's still fun We're jamming Pump this, we're banging Chase your boyfriend, let's have him We're rowdy, girls make our judgement cloudy But when the sun comes out, we're still alkies We don't wanna be lousy or shameless But we're running around like we're brainless Now I got grass stains on my brand new white trainers On my brand new white trainers Um I know a few guys, haters, stepbrothers, competitors, neighbors, so late as this play has been got our own sound, you know now, so go on and get hosed down, and oh no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Get down with the trumpets. 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 Get down with the down with the. Get down with the down with the. Get down with the down with the. Get down with the trumpets. When I get down, I get respect now. And when our tune drops, you know it makes your head bounce Yeah, I move with the flow And when I enter the room, it shows I move sick, then chicks Moving and move quick, at risk Just be careful you don't lose your chick That might just happen So listen, big stick with your madam Or she might just leave From the brass to the air Will it take to put your bras in the air? Pardon me there Just don't pretend that If I was an older You wouldn't wanna dance to me, yeah You're the last of my fears I was top boy of the class of my year Well, not really, but I was halfway there And I could've been the headmaster So yeah, got vibes and charisma Lights are a mister Back again, full time Shine for me, mister I want the sun to Till I'm looking at bright blue Yes, so we drop a light and bills Bring your whole crew to a standstill Wonderful. Welcome back to Homesdale Radio. We just listened to there was Rizzle Kicks and before that Ed Sheeran. Two very new up-and-coming artists, in fact, so keep those in your head and they'll be out live in the charts very soon. We're going to go straight now into part two of the Mark Bright interview, which, again, very interesting stuff, and then we'll be back very shortly live to Chris from Basingstoke. Talking about partnerships, I've seen you speaking to James Vaughan a bit on Twitter. What do you think about him having a partnership up front? Do you think there's somebody who works particularly well with him or...? Yeah, yeah, uh, like, you know, to be quite honest, right, when um, Steve sold um, Righty, um, he bought in Marco, didn't he, Gabardini, yeah, and listen, the the chemistry wasn't right between Marco and the squad, there was a couple of arguments and, like, you know, and he came and he 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 kind of needed to up his work rate and everything, and I think we were patient with him a little bit in the team, and, and it didn't quite work out, so Steve sold him after three months, and then he bought... From Wrexham. Hmm. What did he buy? That's a good question. Like, you know what? Anyone got a memory? Name's right in the of my tongue. Come on, you Palace fans. You call yourself fans? You bought... 
<laughs> these this lot are too young. I've got no excuse. Um, went, went um, yeah. I think Marco Gabbiadini just removed all memories of strikers from my mind for a period of time. But um, yeah. Chris Armstrong. Yeah. Excuse me, Chris, Chris Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, of course, yes, yeah. 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 He said, listen, Chris Armstrong reminded me of James Vaughan a little bit. If you remember, their style's quite yes. similar. Yeah. Quite mobile yeah. and eager and eager to run in behind and sometimes running offside. And he said to me, you know, you can make Chris, you know, and, and you're the only person who can yeah. help him because on the pitch you've got all the experience and everything. And Chris was unfortunate because obviously I moved, I moved, I went to, to Sheffield Wednesday shortly afterwards and, and you know, but he went yeah. on to be obviously a good player and played for Spurs and, and, had, and, and had, a good, had a good career, but... You know, James reminds me of Chris a lot, you know, in terms of his movement and, you know, I just, I just I, you know, I'm not trying to take over Dougie's job in any means and Dougie knows what no, I'm no. like within the club and everything. But, you know, there was a couple of things that I saw and I just thought to myself, if he was just a little bit more patient or just improved his movement in terms of not being too eager to get in behind, then he wouldn't get caught offside and his pace would then really come to the fore because, you know, he, he would bend his run. And I said, that we, we chatted on Twitter a little bit and, you know, he was very respectful and, you know, he, he just said, well, I appreciate all the, the help and everything. And it, 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 was, it was that kind of thing where, yeah. you know, Dougie's got a lot on his mind. You can imagine, you know, he's, there's all sorts of things going on. And, yeah. and, and, and James, he will get there. He will get there, and, and you know, because he wants to do well. And he, he worked hard. And I said to him, listen, you, you'll work hard in the game and you, you won't get a reward for it. But don't get despondent yeah. because you'll get the you may get the reward in the next game. And I think that's what he did. I think he got his goal in the next game. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I apologise, Mark. I've been distracted. John, I think you were going to talk about the uh, Palace, in, Palace finishing third. Yeah, yeah. Of... I mean, obviously, we finished third uh, when you played for us, and we were genuine title consent, uh, contenders for a period. Can you realistically see Palace or any club of our size reaching those heights again? And what was it that really got us there under Steve Koppel? Boy, that was 91, wasn't it? I think it was the year after yeah. the FA Cup. Because we went yeah. on to win the Zenith Data, I think, didn't we? It was a good team. It was a, it was a, it was a good team, and it's the equivalent now of Blackpool finishing third in the Premier League. Yeah. Because you, people have to you have to put things into perspective. That was what it was like. We were, you know, we obviously went to the cup final in 1990, and that gave us the profile, you know, and that was a solid team. And what I say is, you can be lucky to win a cup, but you can't win the league and be lucky. You know, yeah. you, the best team wins. And we were the third best team in the league that year. Did Leeds win it? Leeds won it, I think, that year. Yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. I think, I think Leeds won it, you know. I think that was the year before the Premier League started, wasn't it? So I think Leeds were the last team. And and we had a we, we had a we had, we had the foundation, and you know, the base of the defence. You know, a good defence with Blazy and then, you know, Thorny and Eric and that sort of thing. And yeah. Pep Tasty. And and then we, we had the, the really hard-working midfield. And the combination was right. We had a few options in there and... Um, obviously, writing myself, and it was just um, it, was, it was it was just a great time because on the back of the cup final, I can't tell you how long it took us to get over it. It was we went we went we had a tour sort of um, uh, the Cayman Islands, Jamaica, and was it Trinidad, Trinidad and Tobago? In, yeah. After that, and because we went to a replay, we didn't have any time. We we kind of after the replay, we just went like the, the, a couple of days later. And we were flat for a few days, and Steve got everyone together on the on the beach, you know. <laughs> and he just got some beers and everything. Just says, "Look, you know, you got to pick yourselves up." And it's yeah. no shame to be beating my Manchester United, you know. We we got to use this as like you know a bit of a base and move on from here. And 
to think that the next year, that you know, the disappointment of losing the cup final, the next year we finished third, and you know, the, you look at the yes. teams who were below us, it was it was an absolutely sensational season, and it no unbelievable. What, yeah, when we've had our, when I've had conversations with other players like at Sheffield Wednesday, you know, I've had, an, I've had loads of football arguments with Chris Waddle, you know, about you know, first of all, we were arguing about who's played at the most grounds, all this sort of thing. And then he said to me, what's the highest you've ever finished? And I said, I said, what's the highest you finished? He said, third, I think with Spurs. And I said, third with Crystal Palace. He went, no chance. <laughs> yeah, everyone says that, yeah. <laughs> no one remembers it other than Palace fans. Nobody will believe it. And I said, the facts are there, what? And you know why we didn't play in, in Europe? Obviously because of the, um, the, 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 the band Liverpool. on the teams. Because, the, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the Liverpool fans and that. So we, we would have been playing in the Champions League. Yeah, exactly. It's some. It's I, I say I have conversations with people all the time, and people think I'm making it up. But I've I've invented some other form of history where where Palace were able to do that, and you can't realistically see it happening again. But it was an amazing time to support the club. But. It'd be very very difficult because we all know that it, that's the money is such an influence now. Because you know, say bright, say excuse me, say um, a black Blackpool stale. Yeah. The fifty million pound, you know, for the first season, then the fifty. Now, he should be able to strengthen that team in every department, you know. But I can guarantee you, when you're a team of that size—a Charlton, a Palace, a Blackpool, you know, a Blackburn, a, a Barnsley—you have one bad season, you go down. Whereas yeah. some of the teams have a bad season and they finish in the top half, and people go, "Oh, it's a bad season by their own standards." But you're one of those teams, as Charlton have proved, as Sheffield Wednesday, well, Sheffield Wednesday were a bigger club and I didn't expect them, but those teams who come up and you can mm. call them the yo-yo teams or whatever, those yeah. are the teams who, who you're saying should be able to challenge for the Premier for a Premier League uh, or Champions League place, and it's not possible. It's not possible yeah. because yeah. the games and the quality of the squads is so much better now. But, you know, the, yeah. the, 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 it's very, very difficult, and I would say nigh on impossible for someone to do what we did finish third now I think so it's a shame but that's that's yeah. modern football for you anyway Albert sorry mate it's your go yeah Mark um, you did some coaching with some of our youngsters for a while I'm um, just wondering do you still get to do that or and is coaching something you would like to do more of or uh, you know are you very settled in your media career no um, it, listen I, 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 I'm at the academy twice a week and you know, Gary's it's the, the, the academy director down there now, and, and it just continued my work from last year. Um, I, I, I take the strikers from each age group, from 10 to 16, and, 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 and now and again I'll take the kids, you know, the 7 or 6-year-olds, 8-year-olds or whatever, just make it fun for them. But, you know, that's just every now and again. But generally, sort of like, you know, twice a week, Wednesday, Thursday evening, I will get half an hour with each age group, um, and... Four, four strikers, six strikers, sometimes two age groups put together, and 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 just try and make it fun for them, you know. And whatever you do with your right, put you yeah. with your left, you know, heading, chest, volleying, all the all the little things to try and get to try and put sow seeds in their head that if you're in a certain position, you can turn and score. If you're in another position, you can head towards goal and repetition, you know, striking with the left foot, striking with the right, making sure they they balance themselves off. That you know they're coming through the ranks. And I said that. You see, the best players, you can you can talk about Messi and Maradona and I'm not saying they've only got one foot. They, they're genius. Forget them. You're going to become, you're going to be well below them. Can you be a really accomplished striker? Can you be, will you be able to head the ball? Will you be able to volley with the left foot, volley with the right? Can you have a nice touch? Use your chest. 
Can you, like, you know, know what midfield players want when you've got your back to goal? They want that ball feeding into them. You know, all those little things, and I'm not trying to take away from anything the, the, the coaches are doing because, you know, we're working hard in the academy to try and get people through. Um, mm. But I'm just, all I'm doing is just trying to help a little bit. Give something back, really, to to the club. That is there anybody against. that we should be excited about coming through? The, yeah, I think there's some, we have, we've got some good youngsters and... Um, yeah, I, I don't think Gary. I don't think Gary is going to be, be, you know, want me to sort of like bang the drum and sound, sound the names because, as you know, that a lot of teams like look at the players and and you know they, they sort of like they take them at schoolboy age and you know you get a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and everybody seems to do it. And you know we've got some exciting players coming through, you know, as schoolboys. But listen, it, it's it's such a a hard industry. I would say that. It's the best industry when you make it. it. You know, getting there is really difficult. And if my, my brother's, my nephew's in, in, in you know, in, in two systems. He's training with two teams up in the northwest, And, you know, he's very skillful. He's only small. And, you know, I think what, what Barcelona have done, it, it, you know, is just say that you don't have to be six foot three. You don't have to be, you don't have to be able to run 100 miles an hour and be as strong as, like, you know, you know like Mike Tyson, whatever. You just have to be technically gifted. And understand the game and understand the process of what's required from you. So if you're small and you're good and you're technical and you've got a good touch and you can pass and, and see, the, see the picture, you can still play football. But, I, I, you know, Barcelona have saved a lot of kids, I think, their careers because we've got a lot of small kids who think that because they're not tall, they're not going to make it. And that's not true. Yeah. You know, we've got a couple of youngsters who, I, I think um, Kyle De Silva, who's like his first year academy, yep. he's, he's, he's blessed with a very calm sort of like you know he's, he's got a very good vision and he's got a lovely touch on the ball and you know he, he, but what happens is the boys go full time and it, it drains you a little bit you know you've gone from being at school to your a full time football you're, you know you've got to do your education as well and, and you train every day and it drains you and sometimes it takes you a while to catch up um, but yeah we, we, you know Johnny Williams as well is a, is a, is a nice footballer Um He's, he's in the system. I think he's captain Wales, um, central little central yes. player. But you know, yeah, we've, yeah. we've got a couple, in, and at schoolboy age as well, there's a big leap in every year. These, you know, as the younger ones go out, the older ones come in, and the quality steps up, and the power steps up, and you, you know, and you you see that, and you you see the technique, you see them developing as young players, and you know, it's nice and it's exciting. But you know, I look at the parents and. The parents come and they're dedicated. They drop the kids off and they stay there, and you know, a couple of hours, and they get in the car and go home. And for the kids not to make it or to be told they they don't think they're going to be good enough, it's very yeah. frustrating and annoying for the parents. This is the industry. There's, you know, I don't know, one one in every probably thousand will get to the first team, and you got to say to yourself, wow. you know, how determined are you? Because when I was at school, I can name you three or four people who are better than me by, by a long yeah. way. But no, maybe my driving determination pulled me through, as opposed to my ability. I had to work really hard to get to it to achieve what I wanted. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homesdale Radio. Homesdale Radio. Pax Eleven likes to listen whilst not smoking. No one smokes. Break a mirror. Roll. Dice Run with scissors 
through a chip and firefight Go into business with a grizzly bear But just don't sit down cause I've moved your chair back to Homesdale Radio. Right, I think we'll be going straight to Basingstoke to talk to Chris Hamling. Hello, Chris. Hello, hello, hello. Right, um, we're What's nearing half time. Uh, not quite, not quite. It's fine on the There's been a few, uh, few little stoppages for fouls. Oh, we're just breaking. Going to stop for a second. Oh, very, very close. Great ball across by... Looks like KG. It is KG. Um, yeah, so, right, let's get, get, let's get to it. We've had a couple of uh, close shots. Uh, one one effort from KG from the left-hand side of the box. Very, very close to going in. But in all honesty, uh, since we scored, uh, the, the levels have dropped slightly, as you'd expect. Uh, and the, just, just, just called half-time. So we'll, um, we'll talk in a bit more detail. Basically, um, yeah, the levels have dropped, as you'd expect, as we, um, as we get near to half-time. And, uh, and basically, really, they're, they're number 10. I'm, I'm, you might be able to look him up for me at some point. He's just signed, apparently, from AFC Wimbledon. He's been on loan here. A couple of times, he looks uh, miles above this level. Um, you know, he's one of the best players on the pitch. Certainly, wouldn't look out of place uh, amongst our lads. He's uh, the number ten. He looks very, very strong, and he's given, uh, I'm sad to say, given Andy Tillman a very hard time uh, out on their left or right. 
which perhaps with, with Dorman not being a natural right back, you'd expect that. But um, but I'd say Moxie struggled with him early on when he was on the other side as well, so no real shame on that. Uh, I mean, standout players for us in this first half, and obviously things are about to change. Morgan Gold, Joe shouts at me, and uh, you'll get to speak to Joe hopefully in a bit. Um, but uh, yeah, Morgan Gold has had a very, very impressive 45 minutes. Um, like I said before, very powerful and strong. But you can tell that the guy can read the game because he's making a lot of headers, uh, getting good height and distance on those headers as well. Um, you see, he obviously hasn't played much with the team, so he doesn't really know the, the sort of areas he's putting them. So he's putting them into safe places. And uh, just seeing the likes of uh, Klein, Ambrose and Scannell, uh, Matt Parsons, David Wright and Glenn Murray is the uh, first time I've actually seen him today. Uh, he's just come out to warm up for the second half there. So uh, I'll just back away because it's about to be some noise more than likely shouting at them. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, we've one, one player worth mentioning, actually, Stuart O'Keefe. Because, uh, yeah, no, no, just seen. Sorry, I was being heckled again. <laughs> Um, no, what it was, uh, sorry, Stuart O'Keefe, um, very, very surprised at just, just how good he was. Um, very early on, it, it just seemed like the game was going to pass him by, uh, even, you know, he's, he's very, very slightly built, um, you know, good on the ball, but didn't look, didn't look enough of a physical presence to impose himself, but as the game's gone on, as, and as other players have perhaps faded a little, he's looked very, very strong indeed, and, uh, I'm, I'm impressed with him, I think. I think the lad's got a future. I don't know uh, that, that you guys when you, you saw him, seen him during the season, uh, but I, I thought there was promise there. But I thought, you know, I think he's 20. I thought maybe maybe it's a couple of years too late for him to make it uh, 100% of this level. But you know, seeing him today, he, he looks like a he looked like a championship player uh, playing playing against the Blue Square South team. So I say that again. Bit of a late developer as a player then. I think that's, that's probably a fair comment, actually. Yeah, um, I, I think uh, Dougie's someone who, who knows Stuart O'Keefe from, from South End, so I think he probably knows how to get the best out of them. Uh, yeah, so I mean, all, all in all, I would say it's been a very, very positive first 45 minutes uh, under Dougie Friedman this this pre-season. I, okay, I think and very, there's nothing negative, I would say, that I, I can say, other than perhaps poor Andy Dorman being repeatedly posted at right back. <laughs> OK, and going into a bit more detail on each pair of position, Alex Winter at centre-back, it's a difficult position for a player of, of his age to play in. How's he faring? You know, it probably might sound like a compliment, but the biggest compliment I can pay uh, Alex is that I haven't really noticed him. Now, that might sound, it might sound stupid, but basically he's played his position perfectly in that he's been there to intercept the ball with the minimum of fuss. Uh, gold has dominated the air, so he's not had to get really involved uh, in the aerial battle. Um, and certainly uh, Vegas Stoke I was, they've offered a fair amount going forward for sort of 10 minutes of that half and, and you know Alex and, and the other defenders never really panicked um, apart from when, when uh, as I said we were getting a hard time on, on the left well the far right flank uh, where a lot of fouls are being given away by, by the likes of Dorman and KG uh, against Vegas uh, Stoke's number 10 so, okay. so Winter has, has acquitted himself very well I would say Brilliant. And at the other end of the pitch, we've got two very, very young strikers as well. So how are they doing? Yeah. Um, I'm really pleased to see Finney play. Um, he is he is a player who never, has never really had much of an impact. I can recall, I think it might have been last season, no, season before last, when I think it, um, it, we played Jovel in the Cup. It might have been last season, under Burley it was, yeah. Played 45 minutes, uh, could have scored three, uh, got denied a quite obvious penalty. And 
you know, substituted at half-time for tactical reasons. We never saw him again. Went out on loan to some lower clubs. But the, the guy scores goals and gets in good positions. But he's also, a, he's very strong. He's a bit, a little bit, a bit like uh, Sylvan Ebanks Blake. Ebanks Blake. That's a yeah. tough one to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, he feels a bit like that, and he can he can uh, hold the ball up very very well. Very good link play, but he's always looking to get in behind as well. Been caught offside a number of times now. I hate to, to have a go at officials this early in, in pre-season, but I'm not sure that the lino on that side has ever been a linesman before. So, <laughs> uh, certainly some strange decisions, should we say. Um, but, him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, Pinny's done very, very well, uh, but not as well as Ibris Akaja, who has been, has been an absolute pain. He's, he's very pasty. Do I say again? Seems to be the man at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say um, he's he's going to be outright ready to be uh, to be playing championship football week in week out. He's not the answer alongside Glenn Murray, uh, if indeed that's how we play. Uh, yes, but he's certainly got a role to play off the bench and uh, you know in, in cup games and things like that. But he looks like he looks a, a very busy little player. We all we saw from him really in terms of first in action was a scrambled goal, a very important goal, but it was a scrambled goal. You can't judge an awful lot on that. The same 45 minutes of him uh, at senior football today, uh, he's, his movement is superb. I know he's been um, he's been playing up front on his own for the, for the academy squad all year. Um, I think he's the top scorer uh, for all the teams in, in academy level uh, in, our, in our division, I think. Went over 20 goals, 25, something like that. Yeah, but he's played, he's played, yeah, but he's played on his own all season. And I think that has been a, a huge plus in his development because he looks, he looks very, very comfortable and, and the defence can't keep with him. He's, he's switching with, with Andrew and he's switching with Penny and Penny's switching with Zahar and it's, it's very fluid. Um, but certainly, certainly Ibra looks like a, a very good prospect. You can never guarantee anything. But he looks a very good prospect. Oh, certainly. Just um, looking at the players on the pitch at the moment, Chris, who would you say the ones you would give way for the more experienced players to come on and have a crack? Oh, uh, if, if we were to, to talk about that first 11 we've just seen, uh, come the start of the season, I, I think you, certainly you'd expect McCarthy to come in for winter. You'd expect Klein to come in for Dorman. Yeah. Uh, I think Gould can start, uh, definitely. Uh, left wing is, is an interesting one. I might come back to that. Centre midfield, we haven't seen much. We haven't seen Jedinak. Obviously, he's not here either. Uh, so it's hard to judge. But I would imagine him and KG would be starting centrally. Um, mm. Sahar, I can see. I mean, he played right wing here. I think that'll be his position for next season as well. Can't see him playing up the centre. Um, I mean, like you'd probably expect Ambrose to play out on the left. There's that endless debate as to whether he's a winger or not. You know, he's certainly not a central midfielder in my view. So. I, I think he'll be out on the left. Um, and up front, you'd expect Murray to come in, given that he's what you'd probably call our marquee signing. Um, and then it's it's, uh, it's a big one, really. I, I'd say on this showing, neither neither Pinney uh, or Sakaja uh, done themselves uh, any harm. Well, they've done themselves a bit any harm. They've done themselves a lot of favours today in, mm. in knowing that they could potentially be relied on. Um, I say it's very hard to tell against this level of opposition. I'm not going to stick the boot into basins though because they've given they've given the lads a good game for 45 minutes um, levels you can see are off and, and they're reliant on, on one player to cause all the trouble but but you know they're, they're working really really hard so I think okay. I mean the, the, the obvious changes are there really 
Okay, and going back to uh, the left midfield position, Calvin Andrew, we've had a few comments on the home sale from Iron Man and Jordan nine 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 about him, and okay. one of them one of them's queried: Do we have a new star left midfielder? Um, I'd say no. He hasn't been. I tell you, he hasn't been bad at all. Um, again, I mentioned the level, but but he's not been. It's not like he's just been a battering ram out there. He's had a lot of time on the ball. Uh, he's worked well allowing Moxie to overlap. Um, he's taken the ball past a few players. He's played some good balls in. Um, and he's been very much a good link man up front. I'd, I'd say, like I said, it's, we're playing really, it's a 4-4-2, but, but both Andrew and Zahar are playing further forward than, than usual. So, in fact, in effect, we're becoming a 4-2-4 more often than not. Very and attacking. certainly those... Sorry, say that again, mate. Sorry, a very, a very attacking formation then, by the sound of it. It seems to suit us. I didn't hear a word of that. <laughs> I was just saying, uh, going with the 4-2-2 formation. Uh, so I, I can sort of hear you. Do you want to try asking me that again? Just saying with the, with the formation you said with uh, Andrew and Zaha playing further up, that seems to suit us more, an attacking formation. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're both, they're both strikers in effect, aren't they, really? So, yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems perhaps an obvious observation to make, but, you know... They are tracking back as well. They're not. They're not just sitting up front with as a front four. They they're very much playing as wingers. Uh, but just their extra uh, knowledge and their and their natural inclination to get involved in as a, as you know as forwards. Uh, they are. They're very much sort of getting involved centrally. Certainly, the hearts come in for his goal, um, and he's he's, he's still dribbling inside quite a lot. Um, you know, you I talk about Will Star is probably a good place to go. Actually, he's, he's we know what the talent the boy is. But at this level, uh, people are saying, well, you know, surely at this level he shouldn't be giving the ball away as much. Because we've seen very much a typical Will Farhart performance. Very, very good, you know, very, very sort of strong, uh, nice touch, but perhaps trying a little bit too hard to beat too many players. You know, and he, he's, he's still young. Story, he's really. But yeah, it is. And I, and I don't necessarily see it as that much of a negative then, to be fair. Um, okay. Because he's got to learn, and it's, it's all part yeah. of his development. And you can't rush that. You, you have to let you have to let people make mistakes to learn, you know, to, to grow. And in some ways, it, you can't put a time limit on it. You know, different people mature at different rates, and I think that's going to be the case for Will. And I think before before he can get a, a good run in a central attacking position, he's got to learn the position he's playing. You know, he's got okay. to get that head up. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. Um, one more question right. then before we leave you to it. Off the pitch, yep. the atmosphere, how many people have we taken down there? There's, um, there's, a, there's a few hundred here. Um, it's not an awful lot of singing going on. There's the occasional bit. You've heard a bit of the, out of the basin smoke labs. Uh, giving poor Ju- Julian's parody a bit of stick, uh, which is strange considering the level of people they would have seen usually. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a nice turnout. I'm um, uh, talking to... To, to Joe and his, his, uh, his family's mates here, and they're expressing that there's quite a lot of Palace fans in Basingstoke, and, um, and they've certainly all come out now. I mean, it started raining here, getting colder and wet, so I don't have a coat. But, you know, these things, this is what it's all about, really, coming to a non-league ground for a pre-season friendly. It's the sort of thing you expect. So, it's, you know, it's a friendly, happy atmosphere and plenty of good football chat going on as well. OK, perfect. Thank you very much, Chris. We'll come back to you in a few minutes for all the substitutions no from Hope you, hope you en- yeah, I'll, I'll try and note them and I'll give you a shout. And I hope you're enjoying yourselves as well. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Thank you very much. In the warm. Cheers, boys. See you later. Bye. Bye. 
Okay, that was brilliant stuff there. We're going to go over the contact information now, which, uh, and then we'll go to a couple of songs. So first of all, if you do want to email us and get in your song request, that's radio at homesdale.net. You can give us a call on 0208-123-1646 just to talk about the Basingstoke match uh, and any other Palace-related news. That's uh, on a local rate number and it'll come out of your bundle. Again, we've got Facebook and Twitter, facebook.com forward slash whole radio and twitter.com forward slash whole radio. Okay, and we're going to go into a couple of songs now and then we'll go back to Chris for the second half substitutes. We've got Miles Kane inhaler followed by Oasis. Go let it out for Alice. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio. have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wagovi and zep pound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email radio at homestale.net. Try to click with what you got Taste every potion Cause if you like yourself a lot Go let it out Go let it in And go let it out Life is precocious In the most peculiar way Sister psychosis
Okay, welcome back to Homesdale Radio, and we're going to go live to Chris Kamara now. I don't know, Jeff, has it? <laughs> Unbelievable! I must have missed that. Um, I have actually, in Chris Kamara's style, missed quite a lot of things. Hang on, was there a clip being played in the background there? Well, well yeah, but you actually ruined, ruined it, Chris. Yeah. Ah, we well, were well. planning something really quite Damn humorous. Damn it, man. You come in and... Ah, well, well you know, you've got to tell me these things, haven't you? Um, I'll tell you what, let me give you a quick rundown of the team for the second half. It's uh, a little bit of a swap, uh, change in formation. It's gone 4-4-1-1. We've Pretty got much a whole um, new side, isn't it? Yeah, it is a whole new side, other than the centre-back. Golden Winter has stayed, stayed put, uh, by the looks of things. Yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, it looks like Charlie Holmes oh. has come on for winter. I'll say that back. Um, you've got Klein at right back, Possum's at left yeah. back. Uh, Kieran Cadogan's out right, uh, Sean Scannell's on the left. We've got uh, David Wright and Owen Garvin in the midfield. Ambrose is playing in just behind Glenn Murray. So... First glimpse of Glen Murray as well. Perfect, <coughs> Excuse right. me, just choking. You, uh, sorry, did you want to ask a question? Yeah, what are oh, you no, thinking well, for the second half? What I was going to say is, um, I mean, as, as you often see in, in friendlies, there's, there's not, uh, with all the wholesale change, there's not a lot of fluidity. Uh, a bit scrappy. Um, we've had Sean Scannell go right through with a, a clever little flick from uh, Murray. Uh, he put Sean Scannell through on the left-hand side. He cut into the area just as he was about to strike. Uh, keeper came out and the defender slid in and sort of a combination of all those things ended up with the keeper making a, a save but in reality if it was a, a league game I'd have expected Scannell to put that away uh, Stoke looking uh, looking threatening on the break and uh, it could be, uh, could be a problem there because uh, cause the centre-backs brought um, uh, is, is, it, is it actually winter or not holding it? I think holding might still be winter basically brought the um, no, it's brought the, uh, is it yeah well he's brought him down in the um, I, mean, I think perhaps there might have been a card there if it was a competitive game. But basically, he, he missed, the, uh, missed the, the high ball through and then pulled the defender down, uh, the attacker down. So, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, that's, I mean, that's the thing that Basie Stoke are doing. They're sitting back in numbers, uh, hitting long balls to the face up front. Uh, some, some very angry people about that decision, but they're fairly, fairly clear-cut to me. And, uh, okay, but, yeah, brilliant. I mean, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, that's brilliant. I was just going to say, yeah, if we wrap it up there and we'll get back to you in a few minutes, let you watch the game. Fantastic. Cheers, buddy. See you soon. Okay, see you in a bit. Bye. Bye. Okay, for anyone who didn't get that, I'll just read out the team really quickly. We've got Price in goal, Parsons, Holness, Gould and Klein in defence, Cadogan, Wright, Garvin and Ambrose in midfield and Murray and Scannell up front. We're going to go straight now into the next bit of our Mark Bright interview from last season. Yeah, we, we've spoken to a lot of the the academy lads on on this on this show. They've been you know nice enough to, to come and talk to us. And I mean, to to a man that they're all they've all got the right attitude. You can hear it in the way they talk. And it's you know they've all they all talked about John Williams as, as the next one to break through. Um, I mean, obviously we we heard today that the of the second years. I think Dan Pringle has been let go, which is a real 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 shame. But it's yeah. getting so competitive up at that end. I think that you know, it's always well, it's know, always going to happen. Listen, and I've 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 hung around and I've been there when I've seen the, these things happen. And I think at my last club, mm. Charlton, and when it comes to sort of like April or whatever, they have to make decisions on people whether they're going to keep them on or let them go. And it's the toughest time for the players because they're very nervous about yeah. it. And, I, you know, I remember at Charm one time, Curbs was seeing them sort of like, you know, 10 minutes at a time, and it's it's horrendous. And I waited downstairs, and some of them came down in tears. And I just yeah. I just told them, I said, listen, let me just give you a name of these the players who got released and didn't, didn't make it to certain clubs. You know, David Platt, you know, went on to win championships at, at, at Arsenal and, and, and captain England. 
Ian Wright, Les Ferdinand, Stuart Pearce. There, there is a list as long as you're on with players who didn't cut the, cut the mustard, went to non-league and came back. It depends how determined you are. Just of recently, you know, we've seen people like Jermaine Beckford um, go for, I think, from Wheelstone and um, um, uh, Smalling, Chris Smalling, you know, go from um, yeah. non-league to Fulham to Manchester United to, you know, the ver- you know England on, on the verge of England. So, you know, it can be done, but the player has to be determined. You know, he has to show a, so a, a lot of application and, and dedication in terms of staying away from the drink, you know, from clubbing, yeah. from girls can get in the way. These are all things that come to, come into the life of a, a teenager. This is what happens in life. You you know, you discover yeah. drink, you might start smoking, you you might, you know, mm. you might have a girlfriend and, you know, that everyone's, you know, each little avenue is a distraction from the main goal of football. You know, I'm not saying you can't have a girlfriend or you, you know, I'd say stay away from the beer, definitely, stay away from the cigarettes. There's nothing wrong with a girlfriend, but, you know, clubbing can get in the way because cl- there's, you know, there's an element of distraction yeah. with the clubbing and nights and late nights and, as we've seen before, players get into trouble. But, you know, you know, keep your eyes on the prize. That's what I kind of tell the, the young players. And you, you see the cars, yeah. you see the houses and all the, the things, the trappings that come with it. If you want that, work hard and stay focused and dedicated. Yeah, I think that's that's the sort of overriding message. Now that's brilliant, Mark. Um, okay, we'll go to a, a few user questions because um, we promised them we would. Oh, I think we could talk to you forever, but um, I think we better better at least get some sort of uh, questions from those guys. Um, I think John, you're going to pick up the first one for us. Yeah, we got one of the uh, users. His uh, name online is Kermit Eight, and he says, "Mark, in 40 years of supporting Palace, I can quite honestly say I've never celebrated a goal quite as much as your equaliser against Liverpool at Villa Park in 1990." Uh, just wondering, <laughs> in your own personal goal-scoring celebrations, where that one ranks for sheer emotion, and which one is your own personal number one? Oh, I, I don't know. I um, you know that th- I. It's, it's very difficult, and, and people always go, oh, God, you sit on the fence or whatever. It's, it's very difficult because, as you know, I, I don't know how many fans went to, to Barnsley away. Barnsley away one time. We'd had somebody sent off, and the ball came to me. There was only a few minutes to go. It was in front of the dugout, and they went. Everyone jumped out of the dugout and just goes, get in the corner, Brian, get in the corner. I started running towards the corner, and then I cut back on myself and went infield. And I went infield, 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 and I didn't know what to do. And I, I, and I just thought, oh, let me hit it. And I hit it with my left foot, and it went in the top corner. Now, I don't know if, like, I, I got in touch with Barnsley, and I said, because at those stages we used to have one camera, and that was the club camera, for, to watch the video yeah. of, you know, what went wrong. And they only had one camera, and it was not on a TV camera as their own. And I said, could I get a copy of the video, please, because it's probably the best goal scored. And they went, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's outrageous. Oh, it's disgraceful. <laughs> Barnsley have, the, have probably the best goal scored, but because it because the occasion was like, you know, I don't know, there might have been 5,000 people there. Um, because the occasion sets the tone for prop, for a lot of goals, I would say that yeah. the semi-final winner against Liverpool, because, because people have to understand that, you know, we've been beaten 9-0 early in the season. Yeah. And people sat oh, yeah. down to watch this, the first ever live FA Cup game at lunchtime, well, first live FA Cup game ever, but it was, there was a double header. One was at lunchtime, one was later on at about four o'clock. So everyone goes, oh, tune in and watch Palace get a good iron, because I would have said the same. If that, you know, if I, I'm a, I'm, you know, as a player, I would have said Liverpool or Kane them. That's what I would have said. Yeah. So I would have sat down, tuned in to watch the same thing. But for us to 
go in, I think it was 1-0 at half time, and then Steve to say, don't worry, no panic, no worries. We've still got a lot mm. of football left in this. We've got some set pieces. We've got, you know, we, we could get back in this game. You've got to be positive. But you, one thing you can't do is afford to go 2-0 down. So, you know, be positive, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Pep was shut off down the right. Cross came in. Salaka went in. Ball deflected to me and, I, and hit it with left foot. And he just, you know, um, ricocheted off, uh, I'm not sure, Steve McMahon, was it? Off the, off the, or Ronnie, Ronnie Whelan? Off, uh, one Ronnie of them Whelan. was on the line. He ricocheted off the head. Yeah. And, yeah, to, to I, I mean, I don't know. It needs somebody smarter than me to put it into the correct words because I don't know how you explain that feeling that, that any goal scorer has on it on any given occasion. Right. A playoff final, a FA Cup semi final, FA Cup final, whatever, when you know you're you're back in it and it's not the winner, but you're back in it and don't know. I think some it goes all cloudy in your head and you kind of <laughs> run towards the you see the colour and you you you're you're, you're, you're trying to say something but you can't and you jump and everyone jumps on you and and then the the adrenaline drops and subsides and you go okay well we're just back in it that's all we're just back in it um it's a fantastic feeling but i can tell you a better feeling when the final whistle went (laughs) and gray came up and he right he came hobbling on with his his plaster cast on the foot (laughs) and jumped up and down together and andy gray just said to me just really simply goes we're going to play in an fa cup final and yeah. it was like, it was um, that was an unbelievable moment because I can tell you now any player with two or three games to go is petrified of getting injured. Yeah. Petrified. So that was a, that was probably one that was my one of my greatest moments and and also to score the semi final winner for Sheffield Wednesday against Sheffield United that that was a um, that was a great moment for me as well. Yeah, okay. I bet. <laughs> We could talk about that 1990 game uh, for the for whole evening, but I'm going to bring it back <laughs> to the to the present uh, for now. Obviously, Dougie Friedman has been appointed as our manager now. And what would you say to all the people that are kind of questioning his tactics and, and what he's doing after only a short period in time? Yeah, ju- I mean, just be patient. And the most the, the most important thing is for the for the club, obviously, to survive. We've got what five home games and three away games. As we know, our home form has been very good. The away form has just been really bad. Now I can I can reassure you. Now I, I, I speak to Dougie. I'm a Dougie fan. I, I know what his vision. I, you know we've talked, and I know what he wants. But he he's he's on a he's in the fast lane. He's really desperate to to try and turn it all around to get to where he wants to go. And I think Steve Parrish and Martin and you know are, are behind Dougie. And they've appointed him and given the job because he was he wanted it. Steve said to me, yeah. Steve Parrish, he wanted it, Mark. He was desperate. He wanted it. And, and he believes in him, you know, and he, and he chatted to him and he, and he saw what he wanted. And I think Dougie, from working within, knew the players, knows the club, the club know him, the fans know him. He knows that that popularity only lasts as long as the results last. You know, it, 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 you know, he will be, be fine in the long term. I think that, you know, I, I like what he wants to do. And I, you know, I'm right behind him and I, you know, I, I want him to succeed. But first and foremost, he knows the first task in hand is... Let's make sure we win the championship next year. In the summer, you know, I know what he wants to do. And I know how he wants to play. And I know what he wants to do around the club and everything like that. But it's first things first. It's one step at a time. Yeah. You know, he's, 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 he's driven. Um, I, I wouldn't say, I, I, would, I would say don't, don't, don't get confused that he's Mr. Nice. I think um, he, he could have, a, he, he could have a, a, a mean streak about him. Yeah, uh, he's Scottish, isn't he? So, <laughs> he, he, well, we're not stereotyping you, but he—he's <laughs> just—he's—he's he's got some drive inside him, and yeah. 
If you're with me, you're with me. If you're not, you have to fall by the wayside because he wants to go somewhere and he wants everyone to tag along and go along as, as a peloton, get behind each other and push the whole thing along. So yeah. I'd say to him, listen, it's not how it's not how he wants it at the moment, and it's not how the club wants it. It's not how the fans want it. It's not how the players want it. But please be patient and give him a chance. Give him a chance, you know, to get the keep keep the club up. And I I think that I've seen a big difference in the team in the application. And just in the organisation, I know I've only seen them at home, yeah. uh, and everyone's working really hard and flat out. And I think that he's got the players on board. I think they believe in him. The, basically, we all know this: it's a results results based industry. Yeah. Palace needs the results to stay up in the summer. I don't think he's too far off a, a decent team because no. I can only draw comparisons with QPR last year when when Neil left and. And join QPR, and he, he got them out of the way of the bottom. He had a few, won a few games and that sort of thing, and he knew yeah. what he wanted, and it wasn't much. You know what he did? He, t- he took two players, and he, and those two players have had a very influential uh, bearing on QPR's position today. I know that they've got another player and to wrap and and etc. etc. Paddy Kenny, but the two players he took were very instrumental in, in, in turning the season around for QPR. To champions, you know they're going to win the league. I don't think there's any question about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It doesn't take much, and I know people say, "Might turn around and say, Mark, that's ridiculous. We can't even win away from home or whatever." But I'm telling you that one or two players in those positions, coupled with Dougie getting a full pre-season and his mm. methods over what he wants and everything, I think you know because you you look at the, the odds and at the start of the season, I think Palace are one of the favourites to try and you know um, forget promotion. Which this, this, I mean, with the squad that we had, I expected a little bit better. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mark, yeah. you you spoke then about Dougie's. Uh, he's learning on the job, which he's admitted freely. Do you think he's almost come? We've come full circle back to the Steve Couple that you remember. I mean, he was very much learning on the job, but was a great success. Do you think Dougie could go the same way? Yeah, but yeah, but Doug, Steve wasn't a great success to start with. You mm, know, that's true. Steve, Steve wasn't a great success. No, he just didn't jump in the job and everything clicked. He had lots of things to do, and he had to get rid of some experienced players. You know, Mickey Droy and that. And then when it, when it came time, it was a difficult decision. And, you know, Jimmy Cannon, who's a legend at Palace, and, you know, to make the decision to not to keep him on, to try and move the whole thing forward, that's not an easy decision. And getting the blend right. Don't forget Steve. Steve had players, and he had a criteria that the player had to have a little bit of anger in him that he'd been rejected somewhere and had a point to prove. Yeah. And I know it's an easy sort of... It's an easy philosophy to follow, you know, oh, let me grab some players who've been released by big clubs feel a bit angry towards the manager, I've got a point to prove. But, you know, you have to put those pieces together. And he only signed a certain type of player. He didn't get everything right, he got a few wrong. But, you know, that's the, he used to take us away to Sweden pre-season and blend the squad. And I'm sure that Dougie has, is, is come into a position which is better than Steve because Dougie knows the club. He knows the club inside yeah. out. He knows the squad because he was the assistant there. So he knows all the players. Steve had to come in assess who he wants, who he doesn't want, who, to, who he can work with, who he can't work with, get his staff around him that he wanted, get the, you know, the, the chief scout, etc., etc. It's all in place. Dougie knows who, everybody there. So Dougie starts off on a better footing than Steve, but of course he's learning the job. He's got his philosophy. He knows how he wants to play, and he knows what he wants to do. But at the moment, he has this personnel in, with him in, this, in terms of the squad. That's what he has to work with unless he can bring a few other people in. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio. Okay, welcome back. We're going to go live to Chris at the Basingstoke match, but just before we do that, 
going to go over any contact information that we've got. So that is radioathomesdale.net if you want to email us with any thoughts on the match. And also I've got to advertise the Homesdale Prediction League as well, which I'm sure some of you will be familiar of. If you go into Fun and Games at the top of the Homesdale website, and in there you'll find the Prediction League and you can predict all the games for the upcoming season. Now, Christopher, what's happening? Well, I'll tell you what, it's, it's really opened up into a very good game of football now. Uh, basic folk I'll talk about first, they've had a couple of very good chances. And the only reason they haven't scored a couple is Lewis Price. Uh, he's made two very fine uh, point-blank saves and some very, very good work. The basic folk playing on the break are doing very, very well indeed. But we don't really want to hear about them. What we want to hear about is the forward play from... Mainly Sean Scannell and Glenn Murray. Uh, we've, we've seen a, a lot from Glenn in the last few minutes. Um, very, very strong in the air. Very skillful. Good movement. He's a, he's a big threat. And he's starting to link very well with Sean Scannell, who is the standout player of this half. Uh, Sean has broken down this left flank on a number of occasions. He's uh, very calm in possession, working extremely hard. And, and we really are tearing them apart at times. And how we haven't scored, I don't know. Duggan got through on the right-hand side and, and missed very, very, uh, very, very close miss on the uh, bottom left corner of the goal. And, uh, yeah, and basically uh, a couple of crosses in from Sean. Just the very, very last moment, that final touch has been missing. And I thought we were going to see Glenn open his account for Palace. Uh, a ball came in, the amazing slow defence, uh, missed it completely, landed at Murray's feet for just a bit of a scramble from a... Vegas Stokes player managed to sort of basically rest his leg on top of it and stop Glenn Murray from getting a shot away. Glenn Murray then pulled it back, hit it, hit it back onto the edge of the area where Morgan Gould was following up uh, and he took a okay. shot but was blocked by the defenders. Okay. And that's it. As you can tell, I'm quite excited and it's all the end to end stuff. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this, this second half as well, it seems to be a lot more, um, well, senior, I guess, and more recognisable Palace side. Can, is that, can you tell that at all? Do you yeah, yeah, that? there's a test. You're absolutely right, then. There's a, there's a definite um, difference in, in the, the sort of calmness on the ball, the little intricacy in the midfield. There's an, as I say, they're packing the, they're packing the defence and midfield pages, though, but we're carving through them now. We're just getting through now. Glenn Murray's very, very close to breaking through just then. The last-minute tactical tactic from the defender. Um, basically, what we're, what we're getting here is, is Ambrose uh, showing his class on the ball. Uh, Ambrose looks fit. That's, that's the good news. Um, Brilliant. He looks very, very fit and healthy and well up for this. Uh, he's, he's moving around the pitch in this free roll. And I think he looks comfortable. I know we talked a couple of weeks back, I think it was, um, say a couple of weeks, it would have been, would have been Monday, about uh, Ambrose and, and his potential for a free roll in behind the striker. And that's what Dougie's done here. And uh, he looks like he's enjoying it, Ambrose. You know, no, no, no goal threat at the moment, but he's providing a lot of link play and dropping out wide. Uh, just mm. now feeding it into Murray, quick one-two. With Kieran Cadogan, Kieran Cadogan breaking. See, I'm doing commentary, it's good, isn't it? And uh, <laughs> great ball in, flicked on by Scannell to Murray, and it's just, it's just gone beyond Murray now. And the ball very nearly hits me, fantastic. So, right, there you go. Um, Murray's definitely <laughs> in the game there, Chris. Um, just a question, mate. From what I've yep. heard, obviously being near Brighton, um, a lot of people have questioned Glenn Murray's work rate, but by, by what we've heard, he seems to be a pretty lively player. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, from um, from the fact that this is a pre-season friendly, uh, it's very nice work from Garvin, just another mention him. He looks good. No, I'm just giving it away. Commentator's curse. Sorry. No, Glenn Murray, he, um, he's, I mean, he's strolling around with, when the ball's up the other end of the pitch. So if you're one of those people who's just focuses on one player, 
you might mm. think, oh, you know, well, he's being a bit lazy and he's not getting involved. But basically, he's positioned himself, he's got his hand up, looking for a long ball because, you know, that's what he's there for. He can be a target man or he can or be a, or he can play on the deck. But he's, he's getting involved in all the right areas. When Sean Scannell broke through on goal earlier on, um, there was a bit of a cry of, well, what's Murray doing back there? Because he drops in on, on the left wing to cover for Sean going forward. And uh, I think, I, I've said, said that in the first half, players covering positions and things like that. I think that might be something that Dougie's very much drummed into him, it seems. Of, of, you know, you're, you're there, you're playing as a team, so you've got to help your teammates out. If one of you goes forward, someone's got to cover. It does seem a lot of that going on. Yeah, that's what okay. I'd like to hear. That's great. Thank you very much, Chris. We'll come back to you in a few minutes. No worries. Good stuff. Okay, we're going to go into a song break now. We've got Frank Turner to play for Lewisham Eagle and then the wonderful Glad All Over for Tommy CPFC.
sing The perfect way for the evening to begin Now I'll play And you sing The perfect way for the evening to begin And I won't sit down Welcome back to Homestay Radio. We will be playing Glad all over for you in a minute, but we're going to go straight back to Chris because I understand there's a penalty in Bayesian State. There was, a, there was a penalty indeed. Daniel Klein breaking down the right-hand side. Got stripped blatantly in the area. Penalty was given. Uh, Darren Ambrose stepped up to take it, and he made no mistake on the spot. Rifled it in to the left of the goal as he looked at it. Uh, keeper got nowhere near it. Lovely finish. Uh, everyone's playing very, very well. There's been a substitution. Morgan Gold's gone off. Looks like Holness has dropped further back, Rice dropped a bit further back. Not too sure he came on. I think it looked like Jake Caprice. But um, there we go. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there for a the minute. And I'll tell you okay. what. Yeah, that go on. Off you go. <laughs> Come on, uh, Dazza, baby. <laughs> Sorry, say again? <laughs> Come on, Dazza. Exactly. 2-0, yeah. lovely stuff. Fantastic. Okay, Chris, we'll speak to you in a bit then. That's great. Cheers, Thanks buddy. So nice one. Bye. Oh, we're going to go straight into Glad all over. We want to hear from you right now. Call us on 0208 123 1646 or drop us an email radio at homestale.net.
bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homesdale Radio. Oh, it really feels like the football season's coming back now, doesn't it? Palace are 2-0 up and glad all over. That was played. a perfect song for that. I moment. know, exactly. <laughs> right, we're going to go straight into the fourth and final part of our Mike Bright interview. And then by the time we get back, it'll be full time in Basingstoke. And we'll go straight over live to Chris. We'll take us through the last 15 minutes of action. Mark, we've we've got so many questions from listeners, but we're going to have to apologise to those people and and you know. Well, fire uh, away, fire away, fire away quickly. I mean, if you've got till about eleven o'clock, we, listen, we got some <laughs> we got some quick fire questions for you anyway. Uh, we'll see how those go, and um, there's no no need for a, you know, a huge answer or anything like that. But then we'll we'll try and fit in some of the guys' questions after that. So it's a sort of quick five questions for you. Right. And, uh, and and then uh, we'll, we'll sort of take it from there. I mean, mine first, it's, I've phrased it uh, in a bit of a strange way, but basically you sort of hear stories from uh, from that sort of era of football, if you like, about some of the, the mad things that go on behind the scenes, and they're usually centred around, you know, a, the sort of the biggest practical joker at the club. I mean, who, who was that during your time at Palace? Oh, God, that's a... That's a Must have been a few. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I did once. We went away at the end of the season, or during the season, to Tenerife. Yeah. We had a training camp there. And I think um, there was um, two or three players involved in shaving off Dave Madden's eyebrow, which didn't go down well. <laughs> in the next morning, when Dave Madden, we'd, we'd had a couple of drinks the night before, and they videotaped it, and you could hear the voices who were involved. <laughs> I don't think Dave Mann knows who they are to this day. <laughs> he was a he was a character. Well. Um, so the, there's a, there's a couple of practical jokers there. There's a I don't know. The, Pembo was a Pembo was quite funny. Do you know what the squad as a whole? After the squad mm. as a whole, it, the blend was right. You have you have leaders and followers, and you know we had a, some good strong leaders, and we had a few people who liked to join in the banter. Everybody had their strengths and weaknesses, you know. Soloko is right. Right, he was funny. Um, you know, I don't know. There was just, there was just. Oh God, one person doesn't. One person doesn't stand out. Pards was quite dry because he was quite yeah. cutting as well. You know, because he came in, he was a glazier, so it worked. You know, it worked with the, you know in industry. You know, with guys, you know, the industrial language and the the banter. So when he came in, he could hold his own with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's great. I mean, I was just, I'm sorry, John. I was just going to say, there's so many. If you sort of think about that team now, and you think about how many of that team are in prominent positions, either in football or in the media yeah. or something like that, I think that that probably tells its own story about how strong the personalities were there. Uh, I just wanted to make that yeah. make that point before before John speaks. Sorry, John. That's all right, Chris. No worries, mate. Um, <laughs> if you could sign any player for Palace today, who would it be? <laughs> who would it be? Mm. Yeah. Uh, John Terry. Yeah. John Terry. Just because I watched him the other day, and you know what? And, and we're talking about on the pitch things here. He's mm. fan, he's fantastic. He's a leader. He talks to the people around him. He communicates. He reads situations. He's not. Isn't he? Hasn't. Isn't blessed with lightning pace. But he's he's, he's just. He to me is like Tony Adams. That that, yeah. that dying breed where. They influence everybody around them, and they lead by example, you know. And he's he he, he, he does things right. He, he times it right, and um, he pulls people to, into position around him. And he's completely he's communicating with midfield players and the goalkeeper, right back, left back. He's, he's you know very good and very influential. And people lead people 
follow leaders. He, I think he's a strong leader. Yeah, well, that's fair. Yeah. Aaron? <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay then, Mark. Other than Palace, what team do you enjoy watching the most? Because there are quite a few to choose from. Yeah. Um, I would say, to, to visually, I went. I took my boy to watch Arsenal. He's a big Arsenal fan. And to watch Arsenal play is... is, is it's beautiful, and we all. I yeah, do know. I, I'd love them to win something, you know, very quickly because he seems to have everything but that final, that that bit that can. I don't know if it's ruthlessness or, I think he's a, the the keeper and the defence sometimes a bit of a liability. But um, Arsenal play. I think the football that most clubs, most fans would like to see their their teams play because it's very beautiful and the movement and the touch of the players and the athleticism. It's all good, but. You know, the winning's the most important thing, as we all know. But Arsenal play with a great style. Yeah. Okay. And uh, quite a simple question for me: Who is your all-time footballing idol, Mark? My footballing idol, you will never have heard of, and, and everyone always <laughs> says the same thing. Um, um, Match magazine asked me this one time and managed to get a picture of him. Um, his name's George Fryer, and he used to play for the Galley and Kidsgrove Athletic. And <laughs> I was about, I don't know, about seven years old. And he could play in goals, centre-half or centre-forward. He's like American football. He's had square shoulders and cut down to the waist like a V. He was so... His, his physique was brilliant. And he, was, he could do anything. And I used to... <laughs> at the same time, Mark. I, and I used to carry his gloves up to, from... When he used to play for the galley, my local Sunday team, the, the pub team around the corner, I used to carry his gloves up while he smoked. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, he'd stand behind the goals and just clap him and everything. He was like, oh, and then amazing. You know, later on, I played golf with him, you know, because I got transferred. I went to, to Leicester and that sort of thing. And he yeah. saw my brother and he said, oh, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm really pleased for Mark, blah, 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 blah. And then when I came back one time, my brother said, oh, George Fry was asking about you. And I said, really? Yeah. And he gave right. Just had to interrupt there because we're going across to Chris. There has been a goal. There has been a goal and it's gone against Palace. Um, a man in red scored it. And uh, basically, <laughs> yeah, I don't know the names of any of their players, but basically, John, John Smith, apparently. No, there was um, uh, just basically, to give you an idea of what's happened with the defence, uh, still got Clarence at right back, but uh, because of the substitution, uh, Parsons and Holness are playing as centre backs, and we've got uh, Jake Caprice out wide left as, as a left back. So basically, we've got people playing in positions they don't usually play, and, uh, and basically, folks took full advantage. You know, a couple of uh, quick passes in the middle, broke to someone. Uh, wide, sort of left, about 20 yards from goal, and struck a very powerful shot, deflected into the bomb corner plus Price. And, uh, yeah, they were a little bit lucky, but I'd say, you know, they deserve something from the game because they worked yeah. extremely hard. We've, we've been a better side by quite some distance. And some, I have to say, some of the play in this second half uh, before that goal has been absolutely great to watch. Uh, Owen Garvin's actually doing pretty well. Uh, he had a very, very powerful shot that nearly broke one of the stands here that um, just, just went over. But it's, it's incredible okay. stuff. What I also want to do is I want to, uh, I want to give Joe a chance to talk about Kieran Duggan. I'm just going to hand the phone to Joe now. Uh, here you go, Joe. Hello. Hello, uh, Joe. Hello there. Can you hear us? Uh, I'm in here, I'm in here, mate, yeah. Yeah, what can you tell us then? Hello. 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 Sorry, mate, it keeps breaking up. That's right, what have you got to tell us? We nearly had a goal there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Kieran Kadogan's my man. 
I, I love the bloke. Um, he looks real quick down the right wing. Um, taking players on real quick, looking for the good passes, quick passes. Got a lot of width about him. Um, and another one big, is... So he's a big sorry. prospect for next season? Sorry, say again? Think he's a big prospect for next season? Is he going on to bigger I, and better I, things? I think so, mate, yeah. I, I mean, I believe that he should have been in last season. Because yeah. all the games that he played for us, he looked real good. I mean, he, he's quick. He can take players on. Um, he's got everything about him, basically. Um, another one who looks real good on this left is Sean Scannell. Uh-huh. Um, I don't see him as a winger, but... I mean, you've got to think about the opposition as well. I mean, it's Bayley and Stoke Town, but he looks really good, Sean Scannell, on his wing. I mean, they can't get it off him. Um, he just looks like a first-class act. And also, Darren Ambrose, absolutely brilliant. Um, first-class player, he looks. But, like I say, you've got to look at the opposition. Um, Murray's, Murray's runs off the ball, brilliant. Looks like a real clever player. Um, look, always looking for the ball, like running at the space and and that. And uh, Nathan Klein as well, absolutely brilliant. So I've pretty much gone through the whole list. And then, yeah, they're all world class. <laughs> um, Perfect. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. No, thank you very much for him. <laughs> Can I no, give a great. quick thank shout you. out to someone? Yeah, of course. Can I give a quick shout out to someone? Yeah. Uh, Jay Creedy, the tallest and worst player at FIFA on the PS3 ever to walk the planet. <laughs> uh, and, and that's it. I'm sure I'll have some input on that. Thank you very much. Thank uh-huh. you. Bye, mate. Cheers, mate. Are we, are we done? Yeah, we're gonna, we'll leave you to it, Chris, and we'll phone you back in bye about mate. 10 Speak minutes. You later so. on. Now. Bye. Okay, OK, we're going to go straight back and continue with the Mark Bryant interview now. His number, I called him and went on a game of golf. And um, he was he was brilliant because he was like he was my hero. But growing up, because back in the day, he was like there was like the Sunday match or something. That was it. And I was always out playing yeah. football. So I I didn't watch very much football when I was younger. I was always out playing. So uh, you know I didn't I didn't identify or recognise a lot of players because I didn't watch a lot of football. I was playing all the time. But George Fryer, yeah, was my hero. A- apart from that, I think the obvious. I think um, you know any of the, the stars growing up. You know what you managed to see on TV. Um, I think oh God, I'm trying to think of somebody I tell you, I tell you who was an idol to me as well Jimmy Greenoff because Jimmy Greenoff oh. played for Manchester United Stoke City um, and he was he came to Port Vale right at the end of his career and he used to he used to train in the morning with the first team and then he used to take Robbie Earl and me on the side of the pitch for technique the same things that I'm set, showing the kids now in the academy Jimmy Greenoff used to show us not, not running around like just technique he was the best volleyer, chest and volley, c- cushion on it, head, cushion on his head and volley, and he taught us all those things. And so, like he was, a, he was a, you know, um, he's a big hero of mine. Okay, that's fantastic. Excellent. And uh, Mark, which current Palace player is your favourite to watch? Um, I, I mean, I think Julian's been brilliant. He's mm. really has for the, you know, for the last few seasons. Um, that speaks for itself. I, to watch though, I would have to say Danzy. Yeah. Because I think it, I think I think there's lots more to come from him. So I think he's got some fantastic ability. Um, Hopefully a signature on a contract. 
Yeah, well, hopefully. I mean, everything's dependent. Obviously, you, you stay up and then you, you sell him the plan a little bit. And um, because I think that I think he gets it, and I think you know he's got all round ability. He's, he works really hard. He's got lovely quality on the ball. Um, you know, I know Darren scores the, the crucial goals, but yeah, it's, I, I like watching Danzy. Okay, mate. Listen, I mean, bef- before we wrap anything up, um, we've sort of noticed on, on Twitter you've been doing a bit of uh, running and cycling. It's sort of linked to the Jeff Thomas Foundation. Can you, yeah. uh, before, before we go, can you tell us what that's all about? Yeah, um, um, as you know, obviously with Jeff's um, bone marrow transplant and, you know, catch, get, uh, and having leukaemia, um, yeah. he just started fundraising for the Jeff Thomas Foundation, set the foundation up and raising money to find out more about you know, leukemia. I know they've, they've, they've amalgamated with somebody now and I should have the right name, but I don't have it. Um, so Jeff's, all, Jeff's encouraged me to sort of, because I can't run anymore because of my hip, um, mm. I've, uh, I, I started cycling. Jeff got me involved with cycling and got me, you know, the manufacturers and everything and they supplied me with a bike and I just started cycling about three years ago, I think it was, and, and every year I've said I'm going to do the London to Paris. So yep. I think the first year was the Confederations Cup in June, so I couldn't do it. And next year was the 20th, um, what was it, the, the, yeah, the, the, the World Cup last year in South Africa. Yeah. So I couldn't do it. So this year I've said to him, yeah, I'm definitely doing the London to Paris cycle ride for his foundation. And um, right. and so so it's so far so good. I went on a training ride yesterday with lots of people involved in the, I think it's just L2P they call it. And um, yeah. we, we met and went on like a 55, 56 mile ride. Um, and it was the first time I've ridden within a, you know, a large group. It was yeah. very good, very enjoyable. The weather was fantastic. We went around the Surrey Downs and went up Box Hill and all that sort of thing. And if anyone wins the mil- wins wins the Euro Lottery, can you flatten Box Hill for us? Please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problems, definitely. So yeah, no, I'm- doing cycling. And hopefully, um, everything will be okay for June. And Solarco, myself, um, Lee Dixon, um, Will Carling, Will's got a few other people involved as well. We'll all be sort of riding. I might hope I've missed anybody out there. Oh, um, no. Jeff, Jeff knows the full list anyway. So yeah, yeah. just uh, raising uh, raising money, raising awareness for obviously Jeff's foundation. That's a, it's a fantastic cause. I mean, I, I remember watching. I've obviously read Jeff's book, and uh, I've watched some of the videos on his site at the time when he did the uh, sort of first one. I think they made a program on on ITV about it as well. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the amount of the amount of uh, grief he put himself through just in that that first uh, sort of first year. If you like. On 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 that note, I, I've just got to say that. When, you, when you're a professional footballer, you, you, you form bonds with people. And it's really strange how, like in life and at your workplace, you're closer to some people than others. When you go out on a Saturday as the team across the line, you're together as one. Like, it's hard to explain. But then when you come off the pitch or whatever, you sometimes socialise with some people and not with others. But, you know, in Jeff's hour of need, I have to say that the Palace team pulled together. You know, yeah. they pulled together and um, it was fantastic. I organised a... Um, a game against some celebrities at, at Salas Park um, a, a while back, and thanks for everyone who supported it and came along. That um, was a great day. Yeah, it was just it was just fantastic that you know the players just came out. You know, I got all the numbers and everything. I started to text everybody and an email and everything, and everyone was saying yes, 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 yes. You know, there's a few people who couldn't make it, and, and, and yeah. no, not a problem with that at all. But it was just nice to see the, the the power really of forming those relationships back in when we played as footballers that. You know, 10, 15 years later, 20 years later, that in the hour of need, people pulled together and the players came together 
it was a nice day on the pitch and we had some, you know, socialised afterwards and had a laugh and a joke and caught up and people have moved on, they've got families and, you know, their own kids are growing up and it was, yeah. it was, um, it was a really special moment and, um, you know, it's all because of Jeff and I have to say that to play with, he's, he's, he's an, he, well, he was an inspiration as a captain because he, yeah. he, he led by example and, he, and Jeff, Jeff was like a lot of us in the team, he made the best of what he had and I think Arsene yeah. Wenger always refers to the Martin Keones and the, the Lee Dixons and the, 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 the Tony Adamses, as opposed to the Thierry Henry, the Perez, the Vieiras, Bergkamps, because he said these, these are the players who get the maximum out of themselves. Mm. And, and Jeff's one of those players. You know, he, he's played for England eight or nine times. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, nine, he, he was inspirational on the pitch, and I think that's why everybody pulled together for him, because in the end, he's, a, he's a, obviously a fantastic guy as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's an absolute legend, one, one of my heroes as well, along with your good self, from the, from the time I first started supporting Palace. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, anything anything people can do to support Jeff on that. I know we mentioned in our news item earlier on that there's a, a way you can text to support Jeff. Um, I, I, the number's on the, the official Palace website, but it'd be, it's quite great of you to do that as well, Mark. Listen, I think we're going we're gonna to let you go there. I mean, it's it's been absolutely amazing, and um, we've had so many questions in during the show as well that... You know, hopefully at some point in the future, if you've got time, we can we can store those all up and uh, and perhaps have another chat with you if that's all right. Yeah. Well, you, all you brilliant. need to do is if you if you if you send me the questions, I'll, I'll try and answer them on, on Twitter or, or just by email email to your site. If you oh, email the, the questions, when I get some time, I'll just I'll shout some short answers. Obviously, short answers that I'm using now. <laughs> no, it's been to be honest with you, mate. It's been absolutely amazing. We're we're sort of what sitting here a bit, bit stunned silence really. It's been brilliant. To, I, could, I could listen to you speak all night, to be honest, mate. So, you know, you know listen, it's been amazing. It's, it, I, I think there's something for most... I don't know. I can speak for myself. There's something very uncomfortable when people talk to you like that because I was with my boy recently and the guy came over and he just wanted to thank me for all the... And, and yes. it's kind of embarrassing and you just say, okay, okay. And you're trying to walk <laughs> away and you're not being rude, but that's how no. it comes across as... And, and my boy always say, he doesn't get it, because when he watches me on FA Cup Classics and that, he'll say, Uncle Ian was m- miles more skillful than you, Dad. <laughs> Dad, Uncle Ian wouldn't be where he was. So and he, he, he said I didn't have any skill. He didn't, I didn't have any skill. I couldn't dribble. I never scored any good goals. So when people come up, he doesn't realise what the fuss is about. But no, it's, it's just trying to, trying to give something back, just trying to help out a little bit. And like I said before, you know... I, you can't please everybody, but, you know, I think if you can try and please a few, it, it, it always helps. But, listen, no, thank, thanks for having me, and um, hopefully you get a good response from it. Yeah, well, I'm sure we will do. Thank you so much, Mark, and hopefully speak to you again soon. Cheers now. No worries. Cheers, Bye. Mark. Pleasure. Bye. Bye. Bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park. Every Monday night, this is Homestale Radio. Right, welcome back. We're going to go straight back to Basingstoke, where I think maybe, could it be we've got our first away win? We haven't been to our first away win in a long, long Fantastic. time. 2-1. 2-1. Uh, um, obviously, goal scorers for Palace were Ambrose and I, uh, Zaha. I nearly forgot there. And um, I'm told it was the number four, the centre-back, who scored for uh, Basingstoke. Hope that helps. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I'm walking, four. I'm feeling a little out of breath. Sorry. Right, um... Let me, let me stand still for a sec. Uh, what was that, your last name, sorry? I was just saying the, fa- the famous number four scored for Basingstoke. Good That's result. It, yeah. No, but... Um, we can have hope. 
We couldn't vote for a better oh. start, really, Chris, could we? I think we no, need absolutely the not. Uh, I was just talking to, uh, to a uh, couple of guys after the game, really, and um, we were sort of saying that... <laughs> sorry, I, I can't help it. I'm famous. I keep getting, keep getting recognised. No, and what is... <laughs> uh, we're saying after the game that in terms of a friendly performance, uh, there, was, there was so much more urgency. Um, everyone seemed to really, really annoy that. You know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't screaming at the top of your lungs sort of proper competitive football, but it was, it was a very, very competitive game. Vegas folk were a credit to themselves. And um, more to the point, we, we saw enough from, from all the players. To, I mean, it wasn't, there wasn't really a negative on show. I mean, it's a bit harsh, really, but Charlie Holness had a bit of a shock, bless him. But he's not a centre-back. He, he's filling in in a, in a friendly, you know, in, in difficult situations. But, um, but other, than, other than him really sort of struggling for a period in the second half, uh, although he got himself back together quite nicely. Um, I think everyone acquitted themselves very, very well. I mean, key okay. questions, I suppose. Um, yeah. Have you got a Glenn standout Murray. man of the match? A standout man of the match? I, I would go with Sean Scannell. Um, obviously, people only... The only person who played anything like uh, near, near a full match was Morgan Gould, and he was, and he was close. But I said, if Sean Scannell in that second half, uh, he, he just looked head and shoulders above everyone. And, you know, plenty of people did well and, and were class and, and showed their championship quality. But Sean Scannell, if you remember at the end of last season, it started to become really threatening just running directly. There's no sort of, no, no little tricks, but he's just being direct. He's knocking the ball in front of him and he's running into space and he's using that pace that he's got and he's using the strength that he now has. And he absolutely tore them to pieces. How we didn't score four or five, I'll never know. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, with regards to the first half and second half, what do you think was better? Um, I'd only heard the second half about. Did you say which was better, second or first half? Yes. <laughs> yeah, the um, the second half was the, was was superior in terms of play. We perhaps Bakersfield were less of a threat in the first half. We controlled them very well. We uh, we looked very very solid. More how we played sort of the end of last season, nice and solid. You know, uh, two banks of four defending. Uh, but, but, you know, second half, we, we opened up and, you know, as a result, we, we were perhaps more open at the back, especially when the inexperienced players were on. But, um, but basically, as an attacking force and as a, as a team showing all the sort of guile, skill and movement that you'd expect, we, we look very, very good. I'm, I'm extremely encouraged by it, uh, even with the weakness of the opposition. Yeah, that sounds very good. Um... Question on that, Chris. Formation-wise, which was better, yep. the first half formation or the second half formation? Um, I would say first. First gave more in a, um, in, a in a lot of ways. We look, like I said before we look, we look more solid defensively for a start with a, with a straightforward four-four-two. And I think I think having two strikers directly rather than having one in behind another uh, suits our play a bit better. I think the the four-four-one-one with Ambrose in the hole. I think that could work with practice. I think that's what this pre-season is going to be about, really. If they can yeah. get that one nice and comfortable, then uh, then I think that's that's going to be the way forward. I think you'll get the best out of, of the players that we've got at our disposal. OK, and that result, how excited does that make you for the new season? I think we've got good I'm good always hopes. excited, you know that, Ben. Um, <laughs> but basically, um, I, I've, like I said, it's, it's made me very... Seeing, seeing the way Murray plays... Um, Seeing Ambrose back to, to fitness. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being shouted at by locals. I'm not sure what they're saying. Um, no, basically, yeah, I, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic about the future. Um, 
the season coming. I think there's a lot of work to be done, and I'll, and I'll be very interested. I'm going to you know, talk to Wickham on Tuesday. Uh, they're, they're a better side, Wickham, obviously. Professional side, uh, better organised. Um, another away trip, another away ground. We'll, we'll see how we do, but if, if it's more of the same, I'll be very, very happy indeed. That's what we like to hear. Just before we wrap things up, it's our first away win for a while, Chris. So the next year, the drinks are on you, mate. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Do you take checks? <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect, Chris. All thank right. you very much. Hurry back to Home Sale Radio headquarters, aren't you? I am indeed, yeah. I want to okay. say uh, well done to you guys. Obviously, I haven't heard the show, but I mean, we're, we're oh, two hours in and you're still going. We've been amazing. So can I just you? say oh. thank you. Thank you to, to both of you for stepping in at short notice. And can I say no thank you very, very well done. Cool. Safe good. journey home, Chris. Cheers. Nice one. Cheers, See you later. Bye. Bye. Right, OK. I just want to say thank you again to all you listeners as well for tuning in today. And we've got a couple of last songs to play before we go. Um, but thank you, Aaron, and thank you, Mikey. Um, and we'll finish off with Linkin Park and Phoenix. That's from Matt Woosnam and RG Monster.
bringing you up to date with everything around Selhurst Park every Monday night. This is Homestale Radio. I don't know, Jeff, has it? I must have missed that. Red card. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order mcdelivery now on the mcdonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I saw him go off and I thought they were bringing a sub on Jeff. <laughs> this podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.